0: Spirit, then we'll pray with our understanding. Hallelujah. Maso prekadishtovakaya. Arustadus tele mekishtavishalavakai. Enso prekados de regidos de nania. Ashon de legishtomakai. Hiprasodoshkin and grace of Asu alakaya. Aso prekadashanakai. Sto pregadoshka selimashian and Gascovaya. Ese Este precastosh gavesi egale stomachai. Este braske, brastushaya. Ay the eyes father oh we thank you lord for the eyes the eyes of our understanding being flooded with the light of god and father we thank you that there are winds of the holy spirit now and lord we believe and we declare that the winds of the spirit they do blow and they do lift us up to places father where you have called and you have destined us to go and that we ride, as it's said in the Word of God, upon the high places of the earth, up high in the realm of the Spirit, for which we were given the new birth, so that we could enter into those realms, so that we could enter in and function in the realm of the Spirit and the supernatural as easily as a bird flies, as easily as a fish swims. For we were born to walk with the Spirit. We were born to be vessels of the glory of God and to release the power of the glory of God upon the earth. And so we don't have to plead or beg, but we do cooperate and we do use our faith And we do declare that this is the day the Lord has made. This is the day and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're glad. Yes. Glory to God. We rejoice and we're glad in this day. For this is the day of Pentecost. This is the day that was prophesied by Joel. We are still in it. Hallelujah, that the Holy Ghost is being poured out upon all flesh. I hear Him say to me, will you believe it? Will you receive it? Will you declare it? That the Holy Spirit in your day, through you, through this body, not only is it being poured out, is He being poured out upon you. He is being poured out through you the whole region round about drinking of the rivers of living water which do come out from this place from these people like a spout. (laughs) Oh Father we worship you and we believe it Lord and that Father that our sons and daughters they do prophesy we declare it so we agree with the word of God that's already been released. And we side over with it. And that we see visions. We dream dreams. And upon your men servants and your maidservants, you do pour out of your spirit in this day. And you work signs and wonders. Signs in the heavens. Wonders on earth through not just those you have thought to be called to the fivefold ministry, but to all who are possessors of the new birth. For the Lord Jesus, He did say that whoever believes on me, the works I do, shall He do also. And even greater works than these shall he do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. (laughs) I will do what you cannot do. But you, I cannot ask for you. You must ask so that I can do the works in you, the works through you, So, Father, we worship You and we thank You. And, Lord, I hear this in my spirit, that there is a boldness now. There is a boldness coming upon the people of God. For they have held back and they have been hesitant. And they have examined themselves to the point of paralysis. But there is a place of grace where you throw off your insecurities your spiritual insecurities the way that um, that blind man Bartimaeus he threw off his cloak because Jesus called for him and he threw off that which labeled him as inadequate that which labeled him as blind and he moved out Because Jesus called for him. And so it is in this day, even to these people, even to all of you who are listening here, that Jesus is calling you, come near. And throw off those old insecurities, for I have need of thee. I have need of you. You have thought always in terms that you have need of me but I have need of you to yield to my spirit to be bold to be confident to walk in this life that is new that has been given to you not because you earned it or deserved it but by a gift bought with the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 We worship you. Father, we receive that. We take hold of that with our faith. And we say, here am I. Send me. Send me wherever you want me to whomever you want me to minister. Hallelujah. Bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. I just want to hold this place for a few minutes. Let's pray in the Spirit again. Hallelujah. Eruvshet dulce de ve son de le kastoma kai, ereshem de le kastoma kai, e prastos teribekistove shiyan kai, e prastash gemencieto kolskel emprestei, ereshind ul selegeishdoma, e prastosh kovya sandeli ishka mai, gemenci e froshdon de le Oh, Father, we pray for this body. Now, right now, I have this particular church, this assembly upon my heart. And so, Father, we lift up this beautiful Zoe assembly. Zoe life. Father, we thank you. There is a fresh wind of the Spirit that is blowing in this place. And Father, I ask you this morning and I sense that now you are answering me in the corporate setting that there is a fresh breeze and a wind of the grace of God to strengthen and to refresh. For there are those For various reasons that have fought such a hard fight that you have felt weary, your arms beginning to droop a little, your knees a little bit shaky. But the Holy Spirit has always got more grace. And so Lord, we believe for and we lay hold of and we declare with the words of our mouth a fresh grace in this place. It's like the second wind when you're a runner. And it's like you started all over again. You have the full energy. You have the great strength that you had when you first began. And even more. For now, there's a maturity to further walk out the plan of God for each and every one. And so, Father, we thank you that in the gatherings and in the assemblies now, there is a lifting of greater anticipation and expectation for every gathering. For it, it shall be more and more perceived, though it has always been true. But it shall be more and more perceived, Lord Jesus, that you are here In the midst of us when we gather together. That you are here in a manifestation and a fullness of operation. That is unique to the corporate assembly. And it shall be that we won't want to miss one meeting. (laughs) Not one. And it won't be good enough to get it online. We got to come. Because there is a presence there. When we're with one another. Oh the church. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. The most beautiful. The most beautiful thing on earth. To the Father. And to the Son. Is the church. Of the risen one. Hallelujah. Thank you Lord. We worship you for it Father. We thank you. We receive that Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Now, I just want to do this. We're just jumping right over, but we're following, you know, sometimes the Holy Ghost. He just turns around and goes, now do this. And so, He told us in the Word to pray for those in authority. And when we're a corporate in assemblies, it's always good because then we have, there's a corporate authority. And so, Father, we lift up this morning before you, our President. Father, we lift up all of those around Him, our Vice President. Father, we lift up all of the people in the White House. And Lord, because You told us to, we pray for them. And Father, we know that Your Word says that the hearts of leaders are in the hand of the Lord and that You turn them whatever way You direct. And so, Father, we take hold of our authority and we stand in our place in the heavenlies and we do direct in Jesus name the hearts of those in authority to turn towards the will and the plans of God those plans to be released through those in, in civic authority to maintain the peace So that people, the people of God, can live peaceful lives in godliness. The gospel can be preached and men can be saved. Hallelujah. Father, we worship you. And we put the blood of Jesus over the White House. And we put the blood of Jesus over the Congress. And we thank you, Father, that the blood cries mercy. Hallelujah. That the blood cries mercy over our leaders. And that, Father, where they've missed it, we ask you to forgive them. And we ask you to help them to do what's right. And help them to rise up in your power and in your might. And, Lord God, that they do that thing, each one of them, which they were set in position to do. For they have a plan and a calling of you. Hallelujah. To execute your will upon the earth so that all the nations can hear the gospel. Hallelujah. And doors can open. And so, Father, we worship you and we thank you for open doors now all over the world. Doors to the gospel. We speak over nations that have been closed and we say to you, open up. (laughs) Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, open doors. Open doors. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And, Father, we lift up. uh, I've had this and I just want corporate agreement the Congress before you. And, Father, we pray for them. Lord, we pray for those on every party. We pray, Father, for the Democrats and for the Independents and for the Republicans because you have people in every party, Father. And, Lord, we pray for all of those who, who have hearts that are desiring to do what's right. And they might not agree in their minds on what that is. But, Father, you have access to your, their hearts. And so we ask you, Father, that you continue to bring them together and to bring forth plans for this nation that brings forth prosperity, that brings forth blessings. And that, Father, no one man can get the credit and no one party. But, Father, it's to the glory of God. And that people will marvel and say, We never thought they could have got that done. But they did get it done and they got it done by the power and the might of the Holy Ghost loosed upon that body. Hallelujah. We worship you for it. Thank you, Father. We believe it. We're not gonna be we're not gonna be among the naysayers and the critics. We're just gonna speak blessing over our government. And we're going to say, if we don't understand it, we'll just go, well, I don't understand that. But praise God, Jesus is Lord. And our government is blessed of God. Hallelujah. And so, Father, we pray for America. And, Lord, we know that you have a calling upon her. That you raised her up, not for, your, not for our purposes, but for your purposes. To be a light. And so, Father, we thank you for a fresh washing of the water of the Word all over this nation, a fresh rain of the Holy Spirit being poured out and and just washing away like the dust and the dirt that had obscured the light that was to shine from America. And, Father, we thank you, Lord, that from coast to coast from north to south, from border to border, and all around, there is now a move of the Holy Spirit, restoring that that the locust ate. Hallelujah. And lifting America up to be what she was called to be, which is a propagator of the gospel which is a light that pushes back darkness so that the gospel can go forth. And so now we pray for the military, Father. Because the military of the United States is an arm of the Lord. And He can strengthen it to the point where we don't have to fight, but just kind of flex the might. I see an arm flexing. And in the Old Testament, you will remember when God, He was moving for His people. There are times when they just marched around and praised God, and the enemies melted away like wax. And the walls fell, and, and nobody, nobody had to fire a shot or use their sword. And I sense this is the highest and best will of the Lord for our day and so Father we thank you and we pray for the military Lord we pray for the generals and for all of those that have jobs to do there and we thank you that there is an anointing Father for they are called of you you said they are ministers ministers for our sake and that they are called to bring vengeance upon evildoers And so, Father, we thank you that you give them strategies, that you give them might, and that there is an anointing of spiritual light on them, that even though they don't know it, when they're doing their job in the natural, in the realm of the spirit, there is a light that goes forth, and the darkness, of forces of darkness retreat. Hallelujah. Yes, retreat in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Bless the Lord. Praise the Lord. Oh, we worship you, Father. We thank you. We thank you. We love to pray. Lord, it's such an honor to be the assembly, the church of the firstborn. Hallelujah. And so, Lord, we just thank you for helping us. We thank you for allowing us to be participators in your great plan. We thank you, Father, this morning fresh and anew for the precious blood of the Lamb. And Lord, we believe we receive utterance and Lord, that we will get everything you want us to get. Father, this weekend, this morning, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That was wonderful. Thank you. There is, Sometimes music will just help you, and his music helped me. We went places I didn't plan in my mind to go, but it's all right. Praise the Lord. So y'all blessed this morning? Thank you for praying. This is, after all, a prayer conference, so I guess it's good that we pray. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I didn't bring my glasses. Where's my purse? i to get my glasses so that I can actually read. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Well, I'm excited about what I'm going to share with you this morning. Amen. Um, the Holy Spirit is so interesting. I have on my computer all kinds of notes from years I've been preaching about prayer and different things, but a lot on prayer for 20 years. I keep all my notes, and I don't think I've ever preached the same sermon twice. So it's kind of like a wonder why I even keep them. But, you know, hope lives on that someday I'll actually get to preach the same message twice. But um, just last night and this morning waiting on the Lord about how he wants me to preach. Not only do I not preach the same message, sometimes I preach stuff I didn't even think of. You know, it's like I'm sitting there, not that I didn't know the principles of it but that I never once thought about preaching it from that direction. He goes, here, the Holy Spirit, he's so ever creative, isn't he? He's always new. That's what I love about, matter of fact, that's a good launching pad because part of what what I want to emphasize this morning, and I know most of you who are here know this, but it's always good to stir ourselves up on it. But that prayer is not ritual. Prayer is not a routine although it's good to have a routine of prayer. But prayer itself is not routine. It's relationship. And it's such a living, wondrous adventure. And it's not, the Lord gave me this, it's not formula. Although there are principles, we mentioned this last night, obviously. Principles that you work with God according to His Word that will make prayer more effective and easier. But prayer is not formula. Prayer is fellowship. And when, you, when we get that way, when we're approaching prayer that way, then prayer is never duty as all is a delight. Isn't that amazing? When you're just getting over in a relationship like this morning, I wasn't thinking that we would pray for the government. <laughs> that was a good thing. It's very scriptural. But I didn't have that on my mind that we're going to do that. But here's the thing is that when we just get over fellowshipping with the Lord... What can be very boring to pray for, because I can tell you from experience, it can be very boring to pray for the government. <laughs> Almost killed my prayer life for a while praying for the government. Um, and how I did that was I got formulaic about it because uh, a minister I respect so much, emph- he put emphasis, and I'm sure he would just like slap me and go, grow a brain, would you, if he knew what I did with his teaching. <laughs> but but he, he really emphasized the fact that in, in uh, First Timothy 2, it says, pray first for kings and those in authority. I exhort, first of all, you know, that may prayer be made for, for kings and those in authority. And he really emphasized, you know, that the king's word was first. And so our first priority is to pray for the government. Well, Okay, this was years ago, all right? I've come a long way since then. But years ago, and so I was very formulaic still and very legalistic. So if this minister said, first of all, you pray for the government, bless God, first of all, before I pray for anything. So, I mean, before I worship Jesus, before I, I plead the blood, anything, man, I'm like, okay, praying for the president. My, my prayer life absolutely about died. <laughs> Why? Because I was praying by formula. I wasn't praying, and like we're talking about, in the spirit. I wasn't, you know, our first priority in prayer, like we talked about last night, is get over in that realm of the spirit. And for me, I don't know about for you, but usually, however, the government's functioning is not the thing to think about to get in the spirit.
1: <laughs> Doesn't take me there.
0: <laughs> and so when I would start out with my mind in that realm, and by a formula, it was never fun. It's like, I hate it that I have to pray. I hate the government. <laughs> the <laughs> government ruined my prayer life um, but then it's just so different that made me think of it this morning because we get with each other and we're just praying you and know, praying and the Holy Ghost and it's like oh this is so good just flying around with the Holy Spirit in the realm of the Spirit and then suddenly in that spirit the Lord goes pray for your president pray for those in authority it's like okay because there's a whole another level. You know, especially when you're praying for something like the government, we need to be over in the realm of God because there is no way to have faith for it in the realm of the natural. Isn't that right? That's right. I don't care who's in, which party is in power. <laughs> if you just look at it in the natural, it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be encouraging. But if you look at it from the perspective of God, it can be fun to pray. So <laughs> praise the Lord. All right, so this morning I want to spring from a verse I've never sprung from before. In Romans 7, 4. And this was out of something that the Lord just... He jumped this out to me recently. And I didn't know I'd ever minister from it. But just I just want to look at a couple verses here. Paul is talking about in Romans 7. um, He's really... He's contrasting what it's like to be born again, to function as a believer. And to function under the law because he was talking about getting people out from under the legalism of the law and how the law kills, right? And so he gives this analogy about speaking about um, a husband and a wife. And he says, uh, let's just start in the first one. Or do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she is released from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband lives, she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law, so that she is no adulteress, though she has married another man. Therefore, and this is where I'm getting to, therefore, my brethren, you also have become dead to the law through the body of Christ, that you may be married. Everybody say married. Married Married to another. To Him who was raised from the dead that we should bear fruit to God. Now, I bet you never heard anybody preach from prayer off that. <laughs> but but what the Holy Spirit brought to life me the other night when I was trying to go to sleep and I read this verse right before I went to sleep and He just went off in me about the phrase, married to Christ. You know, the old covenant Jews... Um, where they were married to the law, they had, they, had a le- they had a book. They didn't have the Holy Spirit in them to help them. So they just had to interact and do things by rote, by formula. They learned to do things. You did it that way. They washed you know, their hands. They prayed certain ways. It was rote. And so this really does correspond to prayer because sometimes we can get that way with prayer. And it's rote. And whenever prayer becomes boring, we're doing it wrong. (laughs) You know, prayer is the most fun, exciting thing ever to do. When we do it, not wrote, not under, okay, I learned do this, do this, do this. But when we leave those principles intact, because the word is good and important, but you'd like to leave them right there for the Holy Ghost to quicken. And then you get over here, and I'm married to Christ. I'm, I, the way that the old, Jews, old Testament Jews, if you know about them, they were so attentive to the law. You know, I mean, just every jot and tittle, like whatever a jot and tittle is, but that's what they were attentive <laughs> to, even those. And so they were so attentive to the written Word of God that way. Well, we are to be attentive to the Spirit of Christ that way. To be that merged in relationship with him, and not only supposed to be, we are. As now I'm telling you a should, I'm telling you are. <laughs> you are that. And, and this is, uh, just to kind of echo it, in 2 Corinthians eleven two. well, we won't turn to that, but Paul says again, I have betrothed you to one husband, to Christ. So that's, this is, he, uses this, he uses this picture more than one time. And we know in Ephesians 5, I'm going to look over there really quick because I want to emphasize our relationship aspect and flow into the Spirit. Um, You're familiar with this, but in Ephesians 5, where he's talking, Paul is talking about marriage relationships. In Ephesians 5.25, he says this, Husbands, love your wives. We'll skip the part about wives submitting to husbands, and we'll just go to the husbands loving your wives. (laughs) (laughs) Just... As Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word, that he might present her to himself, a glorious church. Everybody say glorious church. We're getting glorious. Hallelujah. Not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing. I love the no wrinkle part. Um, But that she should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies, for he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as the Lord does the church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. So this, I think, as believers, we so easy turn what we have into religion. But we do not have a religion. We have a relationship. And it is the most wondrous, inexhaustible, adventurous (laughs) relationship. And it is of the most intimate quality which is compared to the marriage relationship. And to me, you know, obviously, in all aspects of our life, we are connected to Christ. We are joined to him. We're in union with him. But I love prayer. I love corporate prayer, and I love individual prayer because that's like date night. (laughs) That's like when you shut out all the distractions, you know, and you're just tuning in to the one that you love to the one that you're in union with. And um, this morning I was thinking about this and that when, you know, originally when Adam was by himself, God said it isn't good for man to be alone. And so he said, I'm going to make a helpmate for him comparable to him. Well, that was the first that was the first um, foreshadowing of Christ in the church. Think about that. We are the helpmate of Christ. We're his companion. We're his helper. And, and one thing about prayer is we, we think of it so often in terms of, and this is a, an appropriate way to think of it, with that we are going in prayer to the Father to get him, you know, in union with Christ, to get what we need from him or to get him to do what we need him to do. So we think about prayer as a way to get our work done. <laughs> and that's appropriate. In a marriage relationship, you know, they're, they're like when something happens on my computer that I don't understand, which if anything happens on my computer, unusual, I will not understand it. <laughs> then I just go, Kelly, <laughs> and he comes and helps me. as my husband, and he's also my helper. And so so that's a perfectly appropriate way to approach prayer. I have a need, I'm going, and I'm getting, talking to him about that need, and I'm accessing his power and his abilities to be released into that area. Perfectly appropriate. In spirit-led prayer, though, also there is another way, and especially the more mature we get as a body, the more that we begin to grow in this this kind of prayer, this revelation of prayer. And that is this. When you think of a husband and a wife, not only does the husband take care of the wife, nurture the wife, provide for the wife, and answer and be a help to her. (laughs) These are dear friends. (laughs) 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 Um, Also, though, The wife was made as a helper for the husband, right? So she helps him. Like when Kelly asks if he's got something he has to do, and I can't do it, but he needs it done, then I'm going to do everything I can around that to make that easy for him, to help carry out that plan. Or if he has an instruction for me, then I will do that. And, And this is the kind of prayer that the Lord's wanting to stir up in us and to help us to realize that we are created with the capacity to be a helpmate for the Lord Jesus Christ and prayer. So it's not just that he helps us, it's that we help him. Because he has a plan. (laughs) He has a plan going on on the earth. He has things that he wants done that may or may not have anything to do with us, but that we can help with. And, and this is where we get really sensitive in our spirit. I'm excited what, what Kelly's going to preach in the afternoon session. Uh, I'm not going to get over onto it. But I, I, he's going to talk about intercession and intercessory prayer. And, and when, when we begin to really cultivate, and this is one of the reasons why I am very, very extremely adamant in promoting personal devotional prayer, I'm, I'm huge on that. <laughs> because the more sensitive, it's like with a husband and wife, the better you know each other, the more responsive you are to one another. And Kelly doesn't have to really say anything to me for me to know a lot of times what he wants me to do. <laughs> you know, he <you> can go... <sighs> And it's like, okay, <laughs> you know, and it's not like he's overbearing, not at all. We have a really precious relationship, but I've gone to know him, and I'm responsive to him, and I'm wanting always to be a blessing to him. And so because we have this close relationship, he doesn't have to, like, yell at me. He wouldn't anyway. <laughs> it wouldn't get done if he had to yell. He just wouldn't because he's not a yeller. But he doesn't have to be harsh or even clear sometimes. It's just like, oh, I, I pick that up. And so in our devotional prayer life, as we as we just worship the Lord, as we just enjoy His presence, or we pray in other tongues and we fellowship with the Lord, and we worship and we do all those things that are so wonderful, and sometimes you can think, well, that seems awfully selfish because I'm just having a good time with Jesus. And, and And it does minister to us and it strengthens us and builds us up, but here's the part of what it works on His side to help him is it gets us more, our hearts more and more in alignment and in touch with him. So that we are sensitive when he wants to get something from his heart to our heart, we're more receptive. Where we tend not to be if we don't spend time fellowshipping with him. And, um, uh, Pastor Connie and I, we were, we were talking about this because she picked this up before 9-11. I always think about 9-11 because it was probably the most pronounced thing like that that happened to me. But, um, you know, I was going along. Kelly and I had just been married about six months. Thank God he understood intercession. <laughs> 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 because we mo- we moved to Syracuse. We had just moved to Syracuse, New York, six months before, you know. And all of a sudden, this weight came on my heart and I cannot explain it and I would just start to cry and sh- you know she she picked it up I'm sure people all over because God has whole companies of prayers he has people that are calling certain as- assignments and I want to say this by the way if you didn't get that or if somebody didn't get that then it mean they weren't spiritual it meant that wasn't their particular assignment we all do different things so, you know, because I picked, I have friends, they'll pick up another thing. I'm like, well, I didn't get anything on that. Um, why? Because it's not, it's not my assignment. Jesus passes out the assignments. And so, but that became part of my assignment. And so I would just, it would c- come this weight and this sadness. And I just cried, told him about it. <laughs> I thought he would probably institutionalize me right now because it went on for weeks (laughs) you know where we'd be fine one minute and the next minute I'd just be like (gasps) you know doubled over praying in other tongues and weeping and and he would say he's so good he didn't have it the same way I did but you can help somebody when they're like that (laughs) and he would help me he would sit with me and just pray in other tongues he'd say you get anything I didn't have an explanation in the natural I couldn't the best I knew, and I don't even know if I told him this, but when I would get over praying, I, I I was new to New York, but I kept thinking about New York City, and I wanted to hug it. That made no sense to me, like, why well, you want to hug New York City. But I did, and like in my prayers, as I would cry, I would hug that city. And so, um, and it, that went on for a few weeks, and then, uh, thank God this happened just because this helped me, the... Right the Friday night before 9-11 happened on a Tuesday, I think it was, um, we were having a service at Abundant Life because they had Friday night services. And we're having a happy service. And everybody was jumping around and clapping, and it was perfectly appropriate. And we were praising the Lord, only I had a <laughs> prayer burden. <laughs> and i was sitting on the front row, and I'm wanting in my inside. It's like I kept thinking, I need to jump up on the platform and grab the mic and say, we need to pray. Something's terribly wrong. And then I thought, but I'm not going to know what to tell them is wrong. <laughs> so I think that's not God, <laughs> and it wasn't. It wasn't the prompting of the Lord. It was just my own spirit. And so I knew because I hadn't given interpretation that it just wouldn't be proper and appropriate. And so I I slipped to another room. I slipped out of the service and went where I could not disturb anybody and where I could yield to this intensity of a burden that was on me. And and what happened, as I this was the first time I had gotten no English anything and understanding, but that night, as I yielded, and it was loud and it was messy, <laughs> you know, and I'm praying in tongues because that's the only way you know how to deliver that out. And then my tongues began to turn into English. And just sporadically, now, at the time, it made no sense, but it marked my thinking. And I began to pray out names. I remember praying Lisa, Dave, John. You know, it was like one right after another. The Holy Ghost was crying out people's name by name. And I knew somebody either was needed to be born again or delivered from death or something. It was very urgent. And the Holy Spirit was wanting to name out names to get somebody out. And then I prayed about the fire. And then I prayed about the walls falling. And then I started praying seven, 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 which turned out to be the flight number of the plane that hit the Pentagon. So all these things were coming out in English. And of course, still my mind's going, at the time, now it sounds like logical. Not then. It's like fire, walls falling, names seven, seven, what? But it was very clear. And then, of course, when it happened, i went, ah, this is that. And that night I had a breakthrough. And it's like, I couldn't explain that either. I prayed all that out, and the whole thing lifted, and I knew. It was like my part was done. So none of us, especially on these big things, we don't do this by ourselves. We're part of a company, and you have your own part of the assignment. My part was done. And so I was like, oh, that felt so good <laughs> to have that lift. And then when that happened on Tuesday, I recognized, you know, this is that. And so many other people prayed, which is why, you know, that we had so much less destruction of life right. than logically should have happened right. um, in so many ways. But I tell you, the reason I tell you that story is because, um, and that was, that's more spectacular, I'd say, you know, than most of them are, which is why I use it as an example. But, um, but you see that, <coughs> that dynamic of there, I was being the helper and and he, Jesus knew what was going on. he knew the plots that were being hatched. he knew the people in those buildings that weren't born again yet who who this was their last chance. he knew some of his children who were on that way, that building that we have all heard all the many stories about who for some reason just turned around didn't go to work that day. I mean he knew all of this, and I, I didn't have a clue. And it didn't have anything to do with me personally. I didn't know personally anybody in there. But he needed help. Think about that. Jesus needed help. Because he has, there is this authority structure. He doesn't do anything apart on the earth from his church. John Wesley said, It seems that God will do nothing in the earth apart from prayer. And so this is part of what we're cultivating in spirit-led prayer is not only an attentiveness, attentiveness to what we need from God and how to pray for that, but attentiveness to what he needs from us. That we're just tuned in, not trying to make it happen. I can go for months and months and not have anything like that. I don't seek it. I don't look for it. To tell you the honest truth, in the natural, it's not my favorite meat, <laughs> but it's an honor whenever he does it. And and I've told him, you know, I'm here to serve, if if you need that done. And so I want to stir that up in you. Yes. Yes. Another one happened in Denver, and this one was less less. And actually, I like this in a way because it was less spectacular. And the thing, one of the things I want to emphasize this morning in the time that we have is that sometimes, oh, not sometimes, many times, we miss the supernatural because we're looking for the spectacular. And what is very, very supernatural is sometimes very, very unspectacular, Mm -hmm. especially at the time. And when we were in Denver, my son, he was about to launch a church, and um, my daughter was flying in from Syracuse for the launch of the church. There was all this stuff going on, and I should be really happy and excited and suddenly I started getting that feeling again. And it's like something's wrong, something's wrong, something's going to go wrong. Well, because it was the church, you know, your brain always thinks, okay, we're human. We think it's all about us, right? When We're in the natural. Everything's got to be about me. But um, so, you know, my brain, I was thinking, well, maybe something's going wrong with the church. But I, So I just prayed in other tongues, and I prayed out. I thought, well, Jen's flight. She's coming in, you know, if something could happen there. You know, covering everything I knew, but then just mostly praying in other tongues. Well, when I'm praying in other tongues, I kept hearing this, Zazi, Zazi. And it's like, okay, I've never prayed that word before. It's very strange, and I don't like it. (laughs) You know, and it it doesn't seem very spiritual. (laughs) You know, and when you're praying in tongues, you can try not to say a word, and it still comes out, and, you know, it kept coming out. And then I prayed the mortician. It's like, Ozzy the mortician, (laughs) what on earth, you know, and I just noticed this, and then even when we were, we would drive over around where my son, kind of where my son lives, that would, it would, I'd get grieved in my spirit, so I'm making all these wrong associations in my brain, thank heavens God can work with your spirit when your brain is like clueless, Sometimes, and matter of fact, some people, you might wonder this why didn't God just tell you? Are you kidding me? Do you think I wanted to know that 9 11 was going to happen? My brain did not need to know that. That would be a horrible burden. There's, it's fine to carry something in the spirit, but Jesus is too kind and good to us to give us information that would be that alarming. Do you know what I'm saying? So he knows the best way to work this. And sometimes the best way to work this is to cover up your mind and go, you don't need to know. With your brain. You just respond with your heart. And pray out mysteries. And so I pray that Zazi Zazi. And um, then we had the opening of the church. And everything was fine. Like, huh? Everything's fine. And nothing it was that afternoon. That Sunday afternoon. That the news came out. That they had the highway patrol. Had stopped and arrested. A man named Mohammed Zazi. It was on his way to New York City. with From Denver. And he, he He had been making explosives in an apartment one mile from where my son lives. And his intention was to blow up the subway system in New York City. He was on his way to New York City to blow up the subway system. And we we had an interview with an FBI agent later who said he absolutely could have gotten it done. He, he he had what it took, he had the plan, he had the ability and the skills and even when we saw the interview this was so fun. When we saw the FBI man interviewed, he said it is a miracle that we caught him. He said, Absolutely, it was miraculous. I can't even remember how things unfolded. They pulled him over in Kansas. They pulled him over in Kansas for speeding or something? I don't know. But anyway, but but the reason that that's fun is for one thing, I'm just so clueless. <laughs> and, it, and it sounds so unspectacular. Oh, and the mortician, his father was helping him make the bombs. His father was a mortician. And so sometimes if, if you have that, the English words come out in tongues when, you're, when, when you get something like that you feel like you're on a project, it's good to make note of them either in your brain or, or write them down. I don't write them down because usually if they stick with me. But, um, but, it's, but it's good if the Holy Ghost quickens to write it down, because it encourages your faith. And it reminds you, OK, I'm a really supernatural spiritual person. <laughs> even though I seem fairly natural, even to my own self, when I'm <laughs> praying, sometimes, but that the Lord, he's, He is working and He's doing things. And so um, this is our heart, is to get more and more attentive to Him. Now, now, I believe this too. It just works both ways God if there's this synergy in prayer when we begin to yield over to him and, and be helpers with his stuff, we get our stuff done easier and faster. You know we don't have to labor so much over our stuff because your ability to believe God and everything it just all comes up to a whole n- another level. so um, another scripture I want to read you about this because I want to encourage you. Everybody say, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God. Even if we already know some things in our brain, we want to hear the word about it over and over because we function in these areas, just like with every other area. We function in our spirit-led flow by faith, not faith in ourselves. Faith in Jesus and faith in what the Word of God says that we can do if if our faith is in Jesus not in ourselves, and if it's in the what the Word of God says we're not going to get flecky and weird, and it has been done <laughs> getting flecky and weird, but so we're going to emphasize the what the Word of God says and and right down from where we um, looked in romans seven six and i'm going to just read it from the amplified or in we saw in Romans 7, 4 about that we are married to Christ. And then in Romans 7, 6, it says this and Amplified. Now we serve not under the old code of written regulations, but under obedience to the promptings of the Spirit in newness of life. I just love that phrase in obedience to the promptings of the Spirit. The word promptings is just really beautiful there because it definitely captures more of the sense, you know, sometimes you're expecting a a lightning bolt from heaven or, you know, like a resounding voice, and it's mostly not like that. It's mostly like a nudge, like a prompting, just like, was that something? (laughs) You know, like that. He works more subtly than spectacularly, and we should be grateful for that. I don't seek the spectacular because I've learned this, that that if I will get really attentive and be develop my um, capacity to esteem and respond to the subtle, I don't have to have the spectacular. If God has to do a big spectacular thing, then probably it's because I've been too thick-headed for him to get it to me subtly. And um, so... So I'm just always about, like, let's just, I'm not looking for some kind of spectacular. So I'm looking for promptings. And this is says that, that this is what, this is how we live now. We live and we pray according to the promptings of the Spirit. And, and I want to encourage you this because the devil, he'll always come, doesn't matter if you've prayed for five minutes or 50 years. He will come, and he will tell you, you're not equipped. You're, you're missing some of the equipment. <laughs> you're not going to be able to get it done. You're so lame. You know, you'll be praying in, the, in, the, in tongues. I remember the battle. I finally got over this. The devil quit it. But I, I had to plow through it when I first started praying in tongues, and I still had a Baptist brain. I had a Pentecostal heart and a Baptist brain and it was really distressing <laughs> because I would pray in other tongues with my Pentecostal heart and my Baptist brain would go, that is stupid, it's just gibberish, you're not making any difference. And I had to war with that. You know, I finally won that war and he just quit. It's like, okay, it's not going to work. So he went home uh, on that particular thing. But he will always be working on you with something to say, you know, well, so-and-so is more spiritual than you. And I, I'm always concerned, even when, when I share my own stories, kids, it's like, here's the point of any story I share. Anybody can do this. <laughs> if I can do this, anybody can do this. This is not for like super spiritual things. This is for my, my mentor in prayer, Leon Hammond, says this is bottom line Christianity. We are born to respond to these promptings. And, and when you are born again, you know the Bible says in one Peter one twenty three, it says that you are born again, not of a corruptible seed, but of the incorruptible seed of the living God, which lives and abides forever. So in the natural, in our natural physical birth, we could be born. Uh, it's possible for people to be born naturally missing something. They might be blind. They might not be able to hear. They might not have some capacity. And so, sometimes we think, like, we don't really process this, but it's almost like we have this idea that could have happened to us (laughs) in our new birth. Like, I didn't get that equipment that that person got. No. All of us, when we were born again, we were perfectly made. There is nothing missing, nothing broken in the born-again spirit. as born again in the image of Christ. And so, you can know that you have the equipment to respond to these promptings i was thinking about this because there there is there there is an interpretation of of the word faith that can be a misinterpretation when we talk about um praying in the spirit because some people go well you just have to do it by faith you don't have to feel anything well i'm you don't have to have goosebumps. No, you don't. You know, you can pray really effectively and not have an emotion or anything like that. But to fellowship with God, you must be able to perceive him. You cannot fellowship with someone that you can't perceive. You have to be able to hear. You have to be able to, to get where they're coming from, not only to communicate to them, but to receive communications from them, right? And so as a born again believer, you when you're born again, you're given all the equipment to do that. It's a part of you. We saw in Colossians uh, last night we mentioned this that Colossians 2:9 and 10 talks about how in Christ dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him. You have it. I got it. Say, I got it, baby. I got it, baby. I got it. I got it in the spirit. I got it—the ability to do this. And so, um, the other thing we mentioned this last night, but it bears repeating: uh, in new creation, all things have passed away, all things have become new, and all things are of God. So you have it now. With it, I want it. I want to read John 14 and. I don't want to make it be too long, but I want to get in what I want to get in because I don't get to talk again. <laughs> huh? Take my time, I'm good. All right. John are y'all all right? Amen. Okay. Go to John fourteen. Because in John fourteen, Jesus he was preparing his disciples for the transition from the old way of living, which was natural and external. Because even though they walked with Jesus, the disciples, they were still like old covenant Jews living under the law. And, and only now they had Jesus. <laughs> he was, you know, he was living by the promptings of God, so they followed him. But they still, it was still an outward thing. It was a natural thing. It was a physical thing. And so they were living by their five physical senses, and relating to Jesus as a physical person. So in John 14, Jesus is about to go to the cross, so he's preparing them. Like, okay, we're fixing to make a huge transition here, and you're going to live a whole new kind of life. And so he's telling them about this in John 14. And so um, he said, we'll just start in verse 12. Most assuredly I say to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also And greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name that I will do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, a lot of times we think of those those scriptures totally in terms of doing the miraculous and the signs and wonders of Jesus. But you notice you can also read it from a prayer perspective, whatever you ask. You know, so there is there is that, that he's talking about prayer. Then he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another. Everybody say another. Another, another helper that he may abide with you forever. And you'll probably know this because your pastor probably taught it. But um, that word another means another one just like the first. So Jesus is saying when sending the Holy Ghost that he is sending his own, his own spirit to embody him, the Holy Spirit, who will embody him to them. And Paul even goes so far, I love this, in Philippians, I think it's 119. He actually refers to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Christ, um, the Spirit of Christ Jesus. So the Holy Ghost and Jesus Christ are inseparable. One is the expression of the other. The Holy Spirit, I think of him as kind of shy in a way because he, w- he doesn't really like so much the attention upon himself. He's always turning your attention towards Jesus because that's his role in the earth is to express, glorify Jesus, to empower, embody him to us as believers. And so we have him and it says, verse 17, the spirit of truth. "...whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you." Aren't you glad you're not an orphan? <laughs> Sometimes i felt like an orphan spiritually, but that feeling was wrong because Jesus didn't leave us orphans. He said, "...I will come to you a little while longer, and the world will see me no more." but you will see me. I want you to say, I will see him. Because I live, you will live also. At that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. He who has my commandments and keeps them, it is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. I like what the Amplified says. That word manifest is not one that we use so much. But in in the Amplified, it brackets it and says this, I will let myself be clearly seen by him. I will make myself real to them. So this is the job of the Holy Spirit, is to let us, to make Jesus visible to us. To make the presence, the reality of the indwelling Christ, the reality of the fact that we are, In the Father, we're in Jesus, Jesus is in us, and all of that. That can be a theology. And as a theology, it's better than no theology. But it is not helpful until it becomes a practical reality, a manifested reality in our life. And that's what the Holy Spirit is there to do. You know, it's not wrong to expect this to be real to you in a tangible, manifested way. That is scriptural. It is what Jesus intended from the first. Now, I love the Word of God. I am a Word girl. <laughs> the Word of faith, the Word of God, is save my life, set me free. I want you also to know, though, that when Jesus was preparing His disciples for this, there would not be a New Testament for a long time. So he was preparing them to, not, to live a life led by the Spirit without even the benefit of the written New Testament. Thank God that we have that. But just think about that. That's how real the Holy Spirit was going to have to be to them. They needed Jesus to be really real to them because they were fixing to face, after he departed, the most daunting challenge Any group of flesh and blood men would ever face again. And that is the launching of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And what Jesus said is, this helper I'm sending, he's going to help you do it. And he's going to make me so real to you, it'll be as we'll see in a little while later, but y'all know the scripture, it'll be better for you that I go away. That's how real he's going to be. So let's keep on going here. Judas Iscariot said to him, I'm so glad Judas said this, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words, but the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. Now that that part of the scripture really blesses me because for years, you know, you read something and don't even necessarily notice how you translate it in your mind. And when Jesus said to them, you know, I'm going away for a little while and then you'll see me. Okay, the way I interpreted that in my mind was, yeah, well, right, he came back you know, from the dead. And then he met with them and they got to have fish with him on the seashore and he walked through the walls and like, good for them, but that didn't happen to me. <laughs> you know, I wasn't there for that. And so I kind of separated myself from that. But you see when Judas, this one, I'm so glad, Judas, not Iscariot, <laughs> asked the question he did. Because when he said, because he's hearkening back to what Jesus said, I'm going to come to you and you'll see me again. And Judas said, How's that going to be? That we see you, the world doesn't see you. Well, Jesus didn't say, well, I'm going to come back in my glorified body. And, you know, he didn't say that. He said that after I go away, the Father and I, by the power of the Holy Ghost, we're going to make our home with you. So he was talking about our dispensation. You see what I'm saying? He wasn't talking about that little slice of time when he physically was present after the resurrection with the the disciples, is talking about the long-term manifestation of the church. He said, I'm going to come to you. I'm going to be seen by you. Now, if we function by faith, then what do we need to believe we can do? See Jesus. And we can see him. This is when I'm going to give you five things five like equipments that you have and we'll we'll go pretty quick through them but I want us to release our faith for these because we're coming up and we're going to have more fun in prayer than ever because we're going to believe for the fullness of what we've been given to function and and one thing that we've been given is the ability to see in the spirit um, there's something, some things that happen in the body of Christ. They have a validity to them, but they bother me a little. And one of the things that has bothered me a little is people that that they they kind of label themselves as I'm a seer. Well, you know what? <laughs> We're all seers mm-hmm. because we all have eyes in our heart. <laughs> uh, Ephesians 1. We pray, and Paul prayed for the church that the Father would fled the eyes of your heart with light. So you have heart eyes in, into your heart. So do I. Everybody has them. And so we just haven't seen as much because we had not believed. We haven't asked and believed. Help us to see, Lord. Tell me what I pray. Ephesians 1, every single day. And he is helping me to see. Mm-hmm. And, and I want you to know this is scriptural too. Like, okay, if you look in Acts 2, we'll just refer to You all know the Bible. But Acts 2... When it says, um, we, matter of fact, we prayed it before, that when the Holy Spirit is poured out, what does it say? It says, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. Now, I won't mess with the, with the literal translation of that, but what from my studies, both of them just basically mean you're going to see stuff. <laughs> you're going to see stuff And the Spirit, whether you're old or you're young. You may see it when you're sleeping. You may see it when you're awake, when you're in prayer. But you ought to be seeing stuff. Because you have the equipment, and it is the will of God for you to see things. And we see, you know, this happened, and sometimes we attribute this kind of seeing. We think, okay, yeah, well, that's for the ministry gifts. No, it's for the believer. It's for us. In Acts, remember Acts 9, whenever... um, Paul had, you know, he had met Jesus on the road to Damascus and he was still blind and and so the Holy Spirit says he appeared in a vision to Ananias, a disciple. Everybody say disciple. Ananias. In other words, an ordinary everyday believer saw the Lord and he told him to go pray for Paul. So there we see a vision and Peter, of course, he was a ministry gift but he had that, he had that vision. Remember he went up on the, on the rooftop to pray. This is before the Gentiles. They knew the Gentiles were welcome into the kingdom of God and he saw that sheet and then it came down and it had all those animals in it. What an interesting vision to have. <laughs> you know, and sometimes I think we make these things like too different from what we get. No, you know, Peter he is a believer like us. And yes, he fell into a trance, so he was way over in the spirit. But but it was still a vision. It was in his spirit. It's a spiritual vision. He is way over in the spirit. And he saw, and God with this one, this is the amazing thing. This is why we want visions. In our spirit, we're not seeking. You know what I'm saying? I want to keep balanced. But we're, we're seeking to see the way God promised for us to see. Because you, a vision can impact you in a way that just a word or a teaching won't. It right. right. will just change you. Now, I want to tell you about a, a vision because this is something that I had recently and I'm always preaching not what just happened. <laughs> but um, but this, this has impacted me in a very tangible way. I was praying one day and I was, I was praying over uh, some ministry things that I had to do that I felt like were beyond me. You ever have to do something that's like you just feel like it's beyond you? And it was really important to me that I, I glorified Jesus, and then i get it right, but I didn't. It was like, oh, Jesus, help me. I got way over into the pleading mode, which is, I know better, but I did it. You know, and like, oh, help me not to be, you know, like I am sometimes. And, um, and so while I was praying, then I just went over praying in other tongues. And all of a sudden, in my spirit, I saw the most interesting thing. All of a sudden, I saw this little league player, and I knew it was me. I was—it was representing me. I was a little, like five or six-year-old child, and it was t ball. You know where they put the ball on top of the thing, and this little, this little ball player had the, <laughs> had the bat, just shaking like that. Because there was a huge stadium full of people, and he had to hit that ball, and he was afraid he was going to swing and miss it, and it was going to be really humiliating and bad and a bad thing and he just didn't have the confidence that he could do it and I immediately knew when I saw that it's like the father knows how I feel (laughs) because I feel like that t-ball player in this particular place and it was a thing that kind of repeatedly when it would come up I, I always had that and I hated it I plowed through it but I hated having to push aside you know you can plow through fear but it's just better not to have it at all I like that and so so I was that and then I'm thinking, and this is the way it is envisioned sometimes, like, where's this going? (laughs) Because I have no clue. Because it's not me. It's the Holy Ghost. And he's wanting to give me a picture that will change and impact me. And all of a sudden, as I'm, like, standing there as a little ball player, this great, big, professional baseball player, I could see him coming up from behind me. He had his ball cap. He had on his uniform. This is a pro. And he was big and strong and I knew it was Jesus. I saw Jesus, I know what Jesus looks like in a baseball uniform. (laughs) He will this is this is why, by the way, I wanna say this. This is why it's better that Jesus went away and the Holy Spirit came. Because when Jesus was on earth, he couldn't he might you probably wouldn't want to see him in a ball cap and in that vision. You see what I'm saying? That was mine. That's the way I needed to see it. That's the beauty of the Holy Spirit. He can show you exactly, Jesus, the way you need to see him at that moment. And Jesus couldn't do that for everybody when he was on earth, but he can now. And so Jesus in a ball uniform as a pro ball player came up behind me, and he's so much bigger than me, and then he wrapped his arms around me. I have my back like this. And he put his big old strong arms around me. He put his hands over my hands. And he whispered in my ear, he had his face right next to my ear, he goes, just lean back into me, I'll hit it. <laughs> and then we, we you know, it's like we did this together, and it went whack, and it went out of the park. And, and I'm telling you, it changed me. Wow. It absolutely, when you have an encounter like that, when you have a vision like that, it's like it altered my reality. I stepped into a different reality. And, and that fear that had dogged me. That sense of inadequacy that had turned into fear disappeared and has not returned since that day. So we need to see, and and we can see. Praise the Lord. All right, so that's the seeing. The next thing that we can do is knowing. Brother Hagen used to <clears throat> pray a lot about the spirit of seeing and knowing. And this is one of the things, you know, Paul in Acts 27.10, you can see that where he said, they were fixing to go on that um, voyage, and he said, I perceive that there's going to be great danger with this voyage on that ship. And they didn't listen to him. But he knew. He just knew. And that's the way it is. That's, that's something that we need to watch for in prayer. Sometimes when you're just fellowshipping with the Lord, you're just going to know, like we talked about with 9-11, we knew something, those of us who were called to pray for that. We knew something was wrong. We didn't know what, but we knew. And so, you just watch for that knowing. Um, the third thing, I'm not going to labor on that, as we saw this, that the Holy Ghost, here reminds you of the Word of God. And I want to emphasize this as prayers. To be Spirit-led prayers, the very best top-notchest Spirit-led prayers are the prayers that store up the written Word in their heart. Because where the Holy Spirit said, I will bring my word to your remembrance. He will bring my word to your remembrance. Notice He said your remembrance. You can't remember something that you didn't ever hear, that you didn't ever know or read. The Holy Spirit works with you, not instead of you. (laughs) And so so as we store up the word on the inside of us, um, He will quicken it to us as we pray in a way we never did before and when he does that it'll it will reposition the way we pray it can um the lord just did this with me very very recently um, i was complaining to him but in a good way he didn't mind i i was dissatisfied with the the level of transformation you know it's like okay i want to be transformed faster please <laughs> and there seems like seasons in my life you know we're when, when never done We're always going on and um so I told the Lord I, want, I'm, I need I'm something's wrong. I just feel like I haven't changed enough lately and and grown in you. And so was up. I'm going to I'm going to go on. And the Holy Spirit, he did this thing. And he answered with a scripture. And he said, "And you all as with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being changed and transformed into that same image from glory to glory even by the Spirit of the Lord. And I'm like, yeah. Because <laughs> that 2 that Corinthians 3.18 was like I preached from a lot of times. And so I've heard that verse, right? But when we're working with the Holy Spirit and he brings you a verse that you thought you knew, <laughs> then get ready. Because he's fixing to say something that you didn't know. And he's going to use that verse. And for me, this is what he said. And it has absolutely launched me in a whole new place in God after 30 years. You know, he has launched me in a whole new place in God. Because he said to me, I'm like, yeah. I mean, I'm with you every morning, Lord. I'm beholding you. I'm in your presence. And and he says, how do you see Jesus? When it says the glory of the Lord, he said, that's Jesus is right. Yeah. And he said, how do you see him when you see him? I never thought of it. I said, well, I see him like I see him in the Gospels. I see him, you know, healing the sick and laying hands on people and being really loving and doing all the things that we read about in the Gospel, wearing his clothes that they wore and his sandals, and that's how I see him. And the Holy Spirit said, then your vision of him is way too limited because that was the the least glorious he has ever been. The Jesus that you are to behold to transform... Okay, it took me 30 years to get this, you guys. I'm so embarrassed. But thank God. Better late than never. (coughs) He said, the Jesus you are to behold if you want rapid transformation (coughs) is the Jesus that you will see in Revelation 1 with the voice of many waters, with the countenance shining so bright it's like the sun. You know, with uh, with the power flowing and streaming from him that causes people to fall down like they're dead <laughs> for the glory of it. The resurrection, ascended, glorified Christ. You behold him, you will be transformed. And it's like, I have preached a whole message on it. And I'm like, could I? Could I? I have. But but that one thing, you see what I'm saying? He brought that to my remembrance In a time of prayer. And suddenly, not only is he ministering to me now, you know, I'm getting to minister it to other people. And the transformation suddenly sped up. Just like he said it would. It began to speed up. So be listening because he is speaking. So we believe to see. Everybody say, I can see. I I believe it. it. The word says it. it. So I can do it. So I will be watching. Expecting to see. So Jesus said, watch and pray, right? Say, watch. Why do you watch? So you can see. Now, he can be showing you things. If you're not watching, you won't see them. But if you're watching with faith, you will see them. And then we're going to know, and then we're reminded of the word, and then hearing. And I'm not going to dwell on that. We're almost done here. Uh, But with the hearing, that's the way we usually think of it. People say, "I, I got a word from the Lord. And that... And so I'm not going to dwell on it because we're most familiar, at least on that aspect of it. But I do want to put in, and we mentioned this, but I want to stir you up for this because I really do believe this. is This happens to so many of my friends that are prayers. I'm beginning to believe that it's just basic equipment that we just, you know, if you just press in, we just keep having it. But it is this thing where the Lord takes your tongues and, and he interprets it. Of course, you pray for interpretation. But I always thought interpretation would just come like, okay, I pray and then, okay, then I can tell you intelligently the fullness of what I prayed out. And that could be interpretation, absolutely. But, um, but another way is where he just gives you a word mm-hmm. or two mm-hmm. in your tongues and it flags you. I want to tell you something. This happened in corporate prayer recently. It's so cool. We have a Periscope group, prayer group. I don't know if, how many of you all are familiar with Periscope? Okay, if you, if you download the Periscope app on your smartphone if you're techie. I'm not techie, and I do it. So <laughs> if you down, I, every Saturday morning at 845, I have a prayer group. started out to just be seven of us, and the Lord said, I want people all around to be able to pray with you. And so we went on Periscope. So there's people praying with us all over the nation and up into Canada now. And, um, and so it's really fun because some of them, we stay in touch with each other. So we were praying just, this was just like two weeks ago. And we got over on praying in the spirit, and we're just praying in tongues. Yep, we pray in tongues online. And um, as I was praying in tongues, I I got over being drawn about the government, and then I heard myself praying states. And and it came to me we had we had been praying the Lord had drawn us this way, which we'll talk about this last. But um, praying for doesn't authority and like this and out of nowhere that I didn't think of, we started praying over riots. And and we started taking authority and praying for the police to be anointed, to get them under control. And then I heard myself praying. I'm praying in other tongues because my brain, okay, I'll just tell you a secret I do. This may or may not work for you, but I do this in corporate prayer more than in private prayer. But when I'm in corporate prayer, my brain will want to kick in and get embarrassed because it doesn't know if I'm getting it right. (laughs) And so I pray really fast. I get my mouth out ahead of my brain so that my mouth has to speak by the Spirit. Because when I'm praying corporately, I'm always believing for interpretation. Because the highest when we're praying corporately is to pray in the Spirit and then pray with our understanding because it edifies us when we can know what we prayed. Does that make sense? And so I'm always believing for that. And so I have my my mouth way out beyond my brain. So sometimes my brain is listening in my mouth going, what, what, don't say that. You know, <laughs> it's like, too late, already out there. <laughs> and so I, I, I prayed about this, and we prayed about the states, and I just said, it's coming up out of my spirit, pray about your state where rides are concerned. And so I just got, right before we left, I just got a message from one of Periscope Prayers in Oregon, who works for the city of Portland, who was in her office the next week and th- and she saw going under her office window a group of protesters in a parade and and she said that when they went by her they were still peaceful but she said there were really creepy things like they had these big spider things that were holding up and everything and she said i knew in my spirit something's not right something's not right and she said just within 3 or 4 minutes she started hearing the sirens go and blare and all that stuff and that thing had erupted into a, a riot and, she's, and they have had riots recently in Portland that were very destructive. And she said, this time... She said, I knew when we heard the reports that the riot had broken out. I knew we prayed about that. She said, I knew because she had personally prayed about Oregon anointing, you know, on the police to get the riots under control. You told them to pray for their state. Yes, I had told each person, pray for your individual state. And they were in Oregon, and she had. And so that, in that day, the police got... It in record time, that not, almost nothing was destroyed at all. And they arrested, she said, they arrested and zip tied those people, which, okay, Oregon police are not famous <laughs> for being real tough on protesters. But this time, the hand of the Lord was on them because they been prayed for it. Another thing, I, this is really interesting. This stump is just kind of interesting, but to listen for, and it encourages the faith to. To pray for, we were praying one time. Let me say this because this, these two will blend together. Um, the the last The last operation I want you to watch for is based on the scripture in Romans eight fourteen that says, "As many as are led by the Spirit, those are the sons of God. The Spirit of God, they are the sons of God." That word "led" means guided, and you almost have a picture of. Well, you do have a picture. It could be used like if you had. A cow or something, and you were leading it on a rope right. um, and and it just goes like goes where you're tugging it right and that's the way it often is in spirit led prayer you're, you're you're just getting tugged in a certain direction, and you might not your brain might not be interested in that, right. but <laughs> somehow you're going there, and sometimes and often. It's, it's a combination of these things. And this particular day, we were praying in, in the corporate prayer, and we were praying, I was praying in the spirit. I heard economy, economy. So it's like, oh, okay, well, we'll go with the economy then. So we started praying about the economy, and then uh, we prayed what we knew and our understanding, and then went back in the spirit, and I heard China, China. So in spirit, so we're praying about the economy, and we're praying about China. And so I'm all, you know, into that, and we're just yielding to the tug. It's like Lynn, my prayer teacher, calls it like the hotter, colder game. Remember that when you're kids, when you go in the right direction? It's just there's more unction on it, and when you go the wrong direction, it's like, oh, not that way. <laughs> and so in this particular one, Ryan Miller pray in China and economy, and I started praying um Baba, and my brain just went nuts with that. It's like really seriously Alibaba. That's like a character from a Disney movie that was set in the Middle East, wasn't it? You know, and so I, you just have to sometimes you just have to go brain shit up, you know. And and I prayed it pronouncedly. I was almost embarrassed. It's like this is on video, you know. <laughs> and I'm praying, that China economy Alibaba, <laughs> repeatedly. And so, you know, and I will warn you, especially as prayer leaders, when you get praying corporate prayer, the devil will try to beat the snot out of you when you get done. Sometimes. You know, like if you really get out there, because we talked last night about really being bold. It's like I'm basing on who I am in Christ and my faith in him and not on my spiritual greatness, (laughs) but upon his. And I'm willing to make a mistake because this is not about me. And, and I'm good with him if I make a mistake because I'm endeavoring to press in. So if you do that, you, the devil, he's going to have some stuff to work with. So like I get in my car to drive home, back home from the prayer meeting, and the devil is on my shoulder going, Really? All of Bubba? <laughs> People in Canada heard you pray that. <laughs> you are an idiot. <laughs> you know, and so I, you just have to go, You know what? Maybe I did miss it. This is really great, by the way, I'll, I promise I'm almost done, but I've got to give you my nuggets. Um, you know how, okay, right now, I'm, and I'm not criticizing any kind of teaching because there's a place for everything, but there's like this encouraging, positive thinking kind of thing like, I'm great, I can do it, and if the devil says you're not great, you say, yes, I am, I'm great because I'm in Christ. And there's some validity to that, but, you know, then he can always come back at you every time you do something dumb and say, see, I told you you weren't great. But if you take this scripture that says that God, he doesn't call many who are wise or noble, but he calls the weak and the foolish. And if you disagree with the devil, you agree with him. He goes, you're not great. And you go, I know. I'm like weak and foolish. Which is why I'm such a great candidate for God to use. Do you know the devil has no answer for that? I found out he has no reply. He's done when you say that. And so that's why I was like, you know, devil... Maybe I was wrong. If that was stupid, that was really stupid. But you know what? That's why God can use me because I'm willing to do that. So, but here, then later that day I got home and one of my Periscope prayers emails me. She goes, do you know what Alibaba is? She said, I knew when I heard you pray it. I already knew what it was. But she said, I thought she did not know what that is. Alibaba, believe it or not, is the economic giant of China. It is a company essentially like Amazon here. And it has risen in, in national um, prominence, in economic prominence. And just as we were praying that it had moved over into the realm of stocks. And, and the government's very concerned because there's no accountability for it. And it's huge. Alibaba China economy. Is that amazing? That's awesome. And the Holy Ghost. All the Holy Ghost, amen. It's so fun. He's so fun to work with. He takes us so much beyond ourselves, praise the Lord. All right, did y'all get something out of that this morning? Praise the Lord. Y'all listened so good. Thank you. Okay, before we let you go for lunch, I just want to, um, to just give you a couple minutes because I want to tell you some resources that we have. As you can tell, I, we always have more to say <laughs> than we have time to say. And so one of our great joys is that we actually have some resources that we can leave with you. And I want to tell you some of my favorites this morning. And these are my two, like these are my two favorite of my products. And this one is called Prayer One Daily in His Presence. And it is an is eight, eight messages, eight CDs. This is a CD from series from taught in a Bible school setting. Wonderful Bible school setting that we had, and um, i I teach as I never got to before or ever again afterward about how to fellowship with God, how to have a really deep intimate relationship with God, and we get so many um, wonderful testimonies and feedbacks. I have to tell you this because I always think of this as being like easy easy for girls <laughs> but it's really not david can testify <laughs> he likes it but you know i still kind of think of it cuz it's like pastels on the front you know and like a, a chair like a lady would sit in and and the other day we went and sat down in church we sat down next to this man a service man a, a navy or marine i forget but he's big you know built and stuff and matter of fact when i sat down next to him he laughed and he goes most people are afraid to sit next to me and i'm like i'm not afraid of you so anyway, well, it turns out he knew us. Who he knew he'd heard us minister. He said, I want to show you something. He pulled up his phone, and he, and he pulled up daily in his presence. He goes, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, this a Marine. That was so cool. But he was just really loving daily in his presence. So if, if, there, if you can only get one thing, then I would recommend this because this is a launching pad to everything else in God is our relationship, fellowship with him. And so. And then this is the sequel. This is called Ready for the Battle, Prayer 2. And this is about working with God. This is about just walking and fellowshipping with him. This is about working with him and getting the job done, warfare, you know, spiritual warfare, those kind of things. They make a really good package. Um, usually they're $40 each, but they're $30 each now. And then we have it also on... We have both if you're into the zip drive. So MP3. MP3. and uh, yeah, I told you I'm not techie. But uh, we have it on MP3, and it is $40 for both on MP3. So if you do MP3, that's a, that's a great deal, and I would love you to get that. Hmm? And we also have the USB. Drive. Oh, yes, I'll, I'll get to it. And then that, that second thing, I'm going to do that last. Um, we have some books back there. Uh, myself, along with a co-writer of mine, put together these books, and I love them. <laughs> and um, if you, God's power for healing is just wonderful. If you're believing for healing, um, it is a combination of my teaching in the front and the back, and then my my co-writer is one of the. She's a guidepost writer. She does awesome testimony stories. And so you get the teaching about healing and then you read one story right after another of phenomenal healing and how people walked it out. It's not just somebody got, went to a meeting and got healed. It's like, no, these people plowed through it in faith and got what they're believing for. It will so inspire you. And so you'll love that. And this God's Power for Children is my other favorite one. And if you have children who are in need of prayer, maybe some of them are, are like, you know, prodigals. I had a prodigal. I kid my... Son who's now a pastor in Denver that I learned to pray because of him, <laughs> because he was my prodigal that really tested my faith, and I had to learn how to pray for God to apprehend him and bring him back. And this is story after story of that. So if you have that in your life, or you know someone who does, this will bless you. Um, and they're twel- mm-hmm. twelve, twelve dollars. The books are, and then this last thing I just want to let you know about. This is. Uh, MP3 audio. It's a complete teaching. It's got it's got the prayer things on it, and then everything else you see on the table back there. Yes, it's on that, <laughs> that thing, and um, it's 78 messages, right? 81, now. 81 messages now, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> she wants that, and and it's 125, uh, right? Normally 125. We're going to do 100. 100. Oh, it's normally 125, it's 100 today. So 81 messages, lots of stuff on this. Praise the Lord. Thank you. I love you. We'll see you at lunch. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Pastor.